to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. We're finishing up our series, The Short Stories of Jesus. We spent quite a bit of time reading the various parables of Jesus and trying to find application for our own lives. But today we're going to look, our final one is going to be the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector found in Luke chapter 18. But before we go to the word, let's go to God in prayer. God, it is absolutely true, the words we just sang, that you are always, always good to us. And as we approach this word, God, this is another example of your love for us. And you give us these words and messages that we might grow and become the people you created us to be. So as we read and we contemplate and we think, God, mold and shape us. That we may reflect your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse 9. He, meaning Jesus, also told them this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Sometimes when we come to Scripture, it's difficult to make the transition. And we're separated by 2,000 plus years, depending on whether we're reading Old or New Testament. And our cultures are completely different. So it's often helpful to try and modernize things a little bit, bring things up, up to date to make a little more sense of it. So in this instance, the Pharisee and the tax collector, we might change the characters. We might think, well, the pastor, maybe Jeff Myers. Already you're laughing. I didn't even get to the punchline yet. And then maybe an IRS agent, a dirty IRS agent, who's coming to, to take your last 10 years and audit you, and he's a little bit crooked. See, Jesus is using here hyperbole. 
extreme examples to try and make a point. So then perhaps my, my modernization doesn't really make the example very clear. So let's try again. Maybe Lindsay Slocum or Carrie Weatherford and an IRS agent. That probably makes things a little bit clearer. We understand that a little bit more. See, that's the tension that Jesus is trying to draw. He's setting this up to say, look at these two characters. Now, at that time and in that place, those individuals meant something. So when we're approaching Scripture, if we want to apply it to ourselves, we have to ask ourselves a couple of questions. And again, the distance sometimes makes that difficult. But here are the questions. One, who was it that was being spoken to? Two, what was the context, what was happening in the place and the time that made sense of what was being said? And then three, what was the application for the original hearers? What was the intent of the message? We ask those three questions, then we can get to the point where we can discern what does it mean for us? What do we do about it? So, question number one is very clear. See, Jesus, we have the narration. Jesus is just going in and he's saying, two men went up to a temple to pray, but who was he speaking to? Verse 9, he told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. That's who the message is being delivered to. Well, what's the context? Well, the context is first century Palestine. We're in Israel. They're being lorded over by the Romans. They're in occupied territory. And there's two characters. There's a Pharisee and a tax collector. Now, from our distance and because of the amount of time we've spent going through the Gospels and the Scriptures, we look at the Pharisees. Often we understand they're the people that were in conflict with Jesus all the time. They're the, the bad guys, if you like. But not so. Not at all. The Pharisees were highly educated, well-regarded people in the community. They were the ones who saw that it was their responsibility to maintain the law, to maintain the standards so that God would continue to be worshipped. And they were respected and they were well-regarded. Tax collectors, on the other hand, also members of the Jewish community, but they were seemed to be in cahoots with the Romans. See, the Romans had occupied them and they needed to collect taxes, and so they got some other Jewish people to collect taxes on their behalf. And they would give these taxes to the Romans, whatever was due to them, and then they'd collect a little bit extra for themselves. And so they were often very wealthy, but they were seen as traitors. So in the minds of those listening... There is no question whatsoever who the good guy is. Just like our example. If it's Lindsay or Carrie and an IRS agent, who are you going to choose? But as we've seen week after week over this last series, that Jesus is constantly turning things on their head. He says, this is what you think and this is where you're living, but I'm telling you that God looks at things differently. So that's the people and the context. What was the message for them? 
It'd be easy to look on the surface and think this is simply a parable about prayer. About prayer and the posture that we're supposed to have in prayer. And Jesus is making a comment about how we should pray. And we shouldn't be arrogant in our prayers. But we need to dig a little deeper. That there are layers that need to be kind of uncovered to understand a little more. And his, in this context, what he is giving a message about prayer and attitudes towards prayer. But he's speaking to those who, again, are full of themselves, who are working to earn their own righteousness, and it's having a negative impact on the rest of the community. And Jesus says, you are misrepresenting the purpose of the law, and your prayers are going unheard by God because of that. That's the message for them. So what is it for us? How do we kind of extrapolate that out and kind of understand what does that mean for us? I mean, we don't have a temple to go to. None of us would ever dare pray like the Pharisee, like, I'm glad I'm not like those people. How do we apply that? When we're trying to make application, again, we need to uncover the layers. We need to dig down. And discern some things about what's going on and how it kind of lines up with our own context. So one of the questions we can ask is, where do I see myself in the story? Which characters do I see myself reflected in? Now, I can't answer that for any of you, but I can answer it for myself. I see myself, a little bit of myself, in both characters. In the Pharisee and the tax collector. So let's think about the Pharisee for a moment. Again, the Pharisees are highly regarded, well regarded, but let's be clear, the Pharisee wasn't really going to the temple to pray to God. The Pharisee was going to the temple to let God know how wonderful he was, how righteous he was, how pious he was, and that God should be happy that he's doing things right. In fact, he went over and above what was required. See, the law required that people, Jewish people, were to fast one day a year, only one day per year. That was the Day of Atonement. But those who felt they wanted to earn a little more credibility, those who, who needed to be seen or perceived that they were doing more than was required, living up to the fullest extent of the law, would fast two times per week, not once per year. And they would choose the days, they would fast on Mondays and Thursdays. And oddly enough, Mondays and Thursdays were the market days, when everyone was coming in from the countryside to buy and sell goods, to trade, so the cities were full. And it was those days that they chose to fast. And not only did they just fast, they would cover their faces in white powder so they looked emaciated, they looked gaunt and weak, didn't have color. And they'd wear their oldest disheveled clothing so that everyone seeing them would know for certain they're fasting. Look how righteous they are. They made sure that they had the biggest possible audience to see how righteous and pious that they were. Do we see ourselves reflected in that at all? 
do we ever think, I give a significant portion of my disposable income to the church or to a charity. I volunteer my time for this church program or this nonprofit. I sing in the choir or I volunteer in the worship band. I have taught Sunday school for years. I'm a volunteer youth leader. I hang out with middle schoolers. That's got to be worth something. Or now, today, I, you know, I attend church regularly. I even come in person. There's a sense that there's a self-righteousness to those things. Now, understand, when the Pharisee, when Jesus lists these things that the Pharisee was doing, none of them was wrong. In fact, they were things that were required by the law. The issue wasn't the actions that were being done. It was the self-righteous attitude that resulted from those actions. I see myself there. I wonder if you do too. Now, what about the tax collector? Now, clearly, in this parable, the tax collector is far more humble, far more penitent. But remember, Jesus is making extreme cases. He's not walking through the temple, observing two people praying. He pulls these characters out. He makes them up because they're making a point. And so that means that there are strengths and weaknesses in both. And there are dangers in the attitude of the tax collector as well. If the tax collector remains there and says, God, I need your mercy, I am, I am not right, I am wrong, I am doing wrong continually, and remains there, does nothing to grow, to improve, to become the person God created them to be, they're in the same place. It's all for naught. Jesus is pointing these two characters out. To us and saying, Do you see yourself reflected? If you are reflected in either of these characters, then how is it that God would have you be? Sometimes, if we're in the attitude of the tax collector, we just might want to give up. Forget it. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm just, just forget it. I'm just going to sin and I know that I'm forgiven. So when I come to church, I'll just pray the prayer of confession and all will be good. Paul worried about that, and he wrote to the church in Rome, what shall we say then? Shall we just keep on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. That's not an answer either. So do I see myself reflected? And what does that say? Secondly, Jesus here is talking about the transformation that occurs within the person, that their prayer life and their spiritual life should be having impact on the community. The entire community was meant to thrive as a result of the law. That's not what was happening. And so in this parable, Jesus is pretty clear. The Pharisee prays, and he's fairly arrogant in his prayer, and he's looking down at the tax collector and looking down at thieves and robbers and saying, I'm far better than them. The tax collector is the one that's humble. 
And I wonder, it makes me think sometimes, I wonder how God receives my prayers when I am praying and yet the vast majority of my time, my energy, and my personal finances go towards my satisfaction and my comfort and making sure that I am okay. And the community around me is not thriving because I'm so inwardly and personally focused. I don't think that's a prayer that God really wants to hear. I'm not convinced that I'm any different than the Pharisee in that context. That our prayers and our faith life should be transforming us so that all around us are thriving and transformed. It's easy to think, I've made some pretty good decisions. I'm doing okay. I, you know, I'm not living hard on the streets. I'm not addicted to drugs. I'm not, I don't find myself in the state penitentiary or anything like that. I'm doing all right. But we have to realize, we have to recognize that each and every one of us, we are just part of a mass of humanity. All of whom are sinful, are sorrowful, and are suffering. And each and every one of us is kneeling at the throne of God's great mercy. We are all the same and all receive mercy the same. And if my life isn't about helping other people thrive and acknowledging that, that's less than what I think Jesus is telling us to be. We also see and hear a bit of comparison. I don't know about you, I often play the comparison game. We compare ourselves in lots of different ways. What kind of car we drive, what kind of house we live in, whether our kids behave or not behave, what school they're going to. We compare in lots of ways. We often find ourselves comparing in our spiritual sense as well. We look around and is God blessing me or is God blessing them more or I know what's going on in their life. I'm doing okay. That's not the attitude. Every week as part of our liturgy, because we're in Reformed theology, Reformed liturgy, we have a prayer of confession that we recite together. And at the end of that, there's always a time of personal reflection, heads down, eyes bowed, just kind of thinking past the, the week before and, and maybe where I have fallen or where I have gone wrong and asking forgiveness and receiving God's grace. But what if we are a little bit more honest about the comparison game that we played? And instead of heads down and eyes closed, our eyes were up and we're looking around the room. We're just scanning the room. And if we're being like the Pharisee, we're looking around going, man, I'm doing pretty good. I know what they've been up to this week. I don't expect to see them in heaven. Or for more like the tax collector, we're looking around at everyone thinking, wow, these people have it all together. Everything's going smoothly for them. They're, they're doing great. And I know inside of me I'm a mess. And I keep failing. When our spiritual lives are based on comparison like that, it's always inconclusive. 
we're only comparing ourselves to the external and we know what's going on inside us. In either case, we come to the temple of prayer and we leave empty-handed. We leave with nothing. Comparison is not the answer either. So how do we apply it? When my reading and my study, this is how I want to apply it. I want to look at this passage and see, do I find myself reflected here in any way? And if I do, if I find myself in the Pharisee or the tax collector, what does that say about who God desires me to be and how do I need to grow and change? I look at it and I want to apply it. I want to understand how God receives my prayers and ensure that I'm not praying in arrogance, that I'm praying in a way that's empowering me and fulfilling me with with the Holy Spirit, that everyone around me may be transformed and changed, that the whole community thrives and I'm not so inward looking, so self-possessed. And I want to ensure that I'm not basing my spiritual life on the comparison of other people. On how it looks like I measure up. Because that leads me nowhere. Two people. Two people went up to the temple to pray. One went with an attitude of self-righteousness, demonstrating through all their great actions how good they were. God should be pleased with them. Another went in humility, recognizing their absolute need for God and within there a desire to become more who God created them to be. And Jesus says, one of them went home justified. May we seek to do the same. Amen. been listening to the RPC Sermons podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.